My name is Matt. Just want to thank you for tuning in for part five of our message series called New Normal. So whether you're in one of our physical locations, six locations throughout uh, Northwest Georgia and the Tennessee Valley, or you're watching us digitally and online, just let me welcome you to this series and thank you for tuning in. Thank you for watching. You know, there's some words that I think all of us hate. We, we fear these words and we hate to experience these words. These words are futility, frustration, and failure, futility, frustration, in, in, and failure. In, in fact, as we navigate through this new normal, one of the things that we've been talking about is the need to have faith and the need to have faith in God, that God's got something better for us and that he's moving us forward in that. But we're all sort of still asking this question in the new normal, will it all work out? Because what we fear is failure, futility, and frustration. And that's what makes faith so hard because faith means we just have to 100% trust God and we quote, don't know that it'll work out. We just have to trust God that it will. And underneath that, there's an underlying fear that I experience that, that maybe you experience and it's what I'll call wasted faith. That I'll trust God, I'll trust that this will work out better, I'll trust that this might happen, but in the end, it's gonna feel futile, I'm gonna be frustrated, or it's just gonna be another failed attempt. In fact, your fear of wasted faith and your experiences with failure and futility and frustration may have led you to become churchless, prayerless, and godless in many areas of your life. But today, as we navigate forward in the final part of our New Normal series, we're gonna learn some things about faith, and I hope this will encourage you, and I hope this will set you and I up to move forward, truly believing that the best is yet to come. Let me share four facts with you about faith. Now, now here's the thing. You may not be ready to believe all of these. You may believe some, you may believe none, but I hope that today, by the end of our conversation, you will understand and you will have put greater trust and rest and confidence in these four facts about faith. The first one is this. God loves faith. God absolutely loves it when we will bet the farm, when we will obey him, even when it contradicts everything around us, and we'll just trust him. He absolutely loves faith. In fact, God is moved by faith. One of the things we see in the life of Jesus is that when he encounters true faith, doesn't matter if it came from a Jewish person, a non-religious person, a sinner, uh, Jesus was in awe and moved by people's faith. The third thing is this, God will give us opportunities to live by faith. We would prefer not to have those kind of opportunities because we would like to be in control. We would like to know exactly what's gonna happen tomorrow and the next day and the day after that. Some of us who are type A and planners, we want a five-year plan. But God is going to give us opportunities for us to live by faith. Why? Because he loves it and he's moved by it. And here's the last thing. God rewards true faith when he finds it. God rewards true faith when he finds it. Now, here's the challenge that we face. Our challenge is where are we gonna put the question? The question oftentimes we feel is God is reluctant. But the truth of the matter is, the fact of the matter is this, God is not reluctant. The question, the real question is, 
Are we receptive to the ways of God, to the goodness of God, to the rewards of God, as He is actively looking for, seeking, and giving opportunities for us to exercise true faith in Him? So let's join our prophet Elisha that we've been learning from these past several weeks in 2 Kings chapter 4 and begin reading an amazing story that's going to encourage us to place our faith in God and to overcome our fear of wasted faith and the belief that it might be futile, it might be frustrating, and it might end in failure. Verse 8, 2 Kings chapter 4. One day, Elisha went to Shunem. A prominent woman who lived there persuaded him to eat some food. So whenever he passed by, he stopped there to eat. Now, here's what's significant. This nameless woman that is frequently referred to, the Shunammite woman, she is just looking for an opportunity to, to bless. She's looking for an opportunity to extend graciousness and hospitality. So in verse nine, then she said to her husband, I know that the one who often passes by here is a holy man of God. So let's make a small room upstairs and put a bed, a table, a chair, a lamp there for him. Whenever he comes, he can stay there. So one of the things that I think we have to understand is because God is always giving us opportunities to exercise faith, we have to look for those opportunities. We have to look for that opportunity of where can I join God? Where is God working? Where is God encouraging or inviting faith? And we look for that opportunity. Now, a lot of times we simply think of faith as just not doing anything bad or faith is mentally agreeing with some of the facts of scripture. The fact of the matter is God is after a more active faith, a more aggressive faith, a more uh, proactive faith, a faith that is waking up every day and looking for opportunities to join God. And what is she doing? She's not waking up saying, hey, what's going to happen to me today? She's not thinking, am I going get to what, get, get what I want today? She's looking, who can I bless today? Who can I extend kindness to today? Where can I see God working? And when she sees the prophet of God and the opportunity to bless him, encourage him, support his ministry, she says, I'm going to join him and I'm going to encourage him and I want to help him. Now here's a hint for how you and I can identify and find and be alert for those opportunities. It's usually in your win. When you show up at work, when you log on to your computer and check your messages or check your social media feed, when you sit down for, at dinner with your family or with your friends, when you go into your neighborhood, when you check your mail. Because if you look at the story of the passage, it says one day, and then it says whenever and whenever. So she's just looking for this opportunity to join God, looking for this opportunity to be a blessing. I had a great example of this this week in my life as our kids, our boys' first days of school. And so I was picking my son Abraham up from his elementary school. And so when I showed up, most people had cleared out and I was going to get him and I just met someone in the parking lot uh, that was troubled and distraught. And right there on the spot, uh, I had the opportunity to pray with someone going through a, a difficult season and a difficult time. So the opportunity for me to practice faith and to demonstrate faith and to join God was in my win. And I wonder how many of us wake up 
and say and look for God in everything we do and an opportunity to join him. Now the beautiful thing, the amazing thing is, is that one small act of faith, like we just read about in those two or three verses, opens the door for more opportunities. Why? Because God is always giving us an opportunity to exercise faith and God is moved by our faith and moved when we wanna move with him. So the story continues, we pick it up again in verse 11 where it says one day, here we go again, there's the day, the when, he came there and he stopped and went, down to, went to the room upstairs to lie down. He ordered his attendant Gehazi, Gehazi, call this Shunammite woman. So he called her and she stood before him. Then he said to Gehazi, say to her, look, you've gone to all this trouble for us. What can we do for you? God wants to reward faith. He's so moved by it, honored by it, seeks to give opportunities for it. He wants to reward it. There we see that principle at work. So what can we do for you? Can we speak on your behalf to the king or to the commander of the army? To which she answered, well, I am living among my own people, which would be another way of saying, I have everything I need. I'm okay, I'm content. So he asked, then what should be done for her? And Gehazi, he answered and he said, well, she has no son and her husband is old. So in that culture, being childless and not, ha not having a son is, is challenging to the system. There's, that, that was your welfare. That was uh, passing on your heritage, your legacy. And so it, for a woman to be childless, a man not to have a son, sort of a devastating thing in the economic and cultural system of the ancient world. So Elisha says, that's where we're going to work. That's where we're going to reward. So he says, call her. So Gehazi called her and she stood in the doorway. And Elisha said, at this time next year, you will have a son in your arms. Now this touches a nerve for her. This touches a sensitive spot to her. This touches an obvious area of pain because then she said, no, my Lord, no, my Lord, man of God, do not deceive your servant. She fears wasted faith. She fears getting her hopes up. She fears where this may lead. She fears what you and I fear when we totally trust God, when we totally hope in God. That what if this doesn't work out? What if this does lead to another failure, to a sense of frustration or a sense of futility? But because God is always seeking to give us opportunities to exercise faith, we should not get frustrated at God when he gives us those moments, when he gives those, uh, those opportunities, even in areas where we don't wanna try trust him, even in those areas where we feel like the best is behind us, not ahead of us, even in those areas, we lean in and we trust God. So I just want to ask us all a question. Where is my faith currently being limited by my pain, by my past, or by my finite perspective? And I think there's probably areas in all of our lives where we would say, you know what? I trust God here, but not there. I trust God with this, but not with that. So for this incredible woman, she trusted God by opening up her home. She trusted God by giving space outside of, in her home to the man of God. She was content with where she was in life, but as soon as God, through the prophet Elisha, puts his finger on a place of pain, on a pay, place of regret, on a place of grief, and maybe in her culture, a place of shame, her guard goes up and she's not willing 
to exercise faith. But God is seeking to move her to that place of faith as he is for you and I in this new normal. So here's the second encouragement. We need to let God, we need to let God have any untouched areas of our lives. And when I say let God have, I mean that's where you're gonna exercise faith. So I'm gonna trust God with this. I'm gonna trust God in this. I'm gonna trust God through this. I've never trusted God in the area of my relationships before. I've never trusted God in my finances before. I've never trusted God with my past or my barrenness or my pain in this area. I thought that was just a godless area of my life. But in this moment, God has asked for it. God has placed his finger upon it. God is moved by faith. So I am going to give God that faith. And then the verse 17 says this, then the woman conceived and gave birth to a son at the same time the following year as Elisha had promised her. What God said in his word to her through Elisha came true for her. And that's a great definition of faith as we go through this journey. Faith is simply this, it's acting when we trust God's word and character over everything else. We trust what God says, we trust who God is over our past, over our perspective, over our pain, over our feelings, over our situation, over our circumstances. We're gonna trust God's word and trust his character over everything else. Because let me say this to us, okay? We may feel like we've said yes to God and, I, and, I, and, there's, and we've surrendered and he has the steering wheel of our lives, but a yes that has not been tested cannot be trusted. So until we've said yes to God and that yes has been tested, can't be trusted. We're not really exercising faith there because faith's like a muscle. It has to be stretched. It has to be exercised. It has to be grown. And that's what God's after. And that's what he's doing in this new normal. No matter how you're experiencing the new normal that we're all going through, God is looking for a yes that can be trusted. And he will develop that trust through testing as an opportunity for you and I to exercise faith. And then we remember point four of those facts. And God will always reward faith. He will always reward our faith. So she gives him this yes. And she has this child, this son, something that she thought was a dream that was never gonna be realized, never become a reality. And then the story takes a turn for the worse. In verse 18, the child grew and one day he went out to his father and the harvesters. Suddenly he complained to his father, my head, my head. And so his father told his servant, carry him to his mother. So he picked him up and he took him to his mom. The child sat on her lap until noon and then he died. She went up and she laid him on the bed of the man of God, shut him in, and she left. She summoned her husband and said, please send me one of the servants and one of the donkeys so I can hurry to the man of God and then come back. She doesn't tell her husband that their son died. And her husband is confused by this, so he says, well, why go to him today? It's not a new moon or a Sabbath. It's not a holy day. It's not a religious day. And she replied, and she says this word that's been turned into the, one of the most famous hymns ever written. She says, it's all right. In other words, it is well. To which we, the, the hymn that's written called It Is Well, It Is Well With My Soul was inspired by this verse after the author of that hymn had lost his four daughters in a tragic shipwreck at sea. And as he sailed over that on the way to gr grieve with his wife who was awaiting him in Europe, he went down below deck and he penned that song 
based upon what this woman has said. It is well. In other words, everything's okay. Even though my son has been taken and is dead, it's okay. So then she saddles the donkey and she says to her servant, hurry, don't slow the pace for me unless I tell you. So she set out and went to the man of God at Mount Carmel. When the man of God, Elisha, saw her at a distance, he said to his attendant Gehazi, look, there's the Shunammite woman. Run out to meet her and ask, is it well, is it well, or are you all right? Is your husband all right? Is your son all right? And she answered, it's all right, repeats it, it is well. When she came up into the mountain, she clung to his feet. And Gehazi came to push her away, but the man of God said, leave her alone because she's in severe anguish, and the Lord has hidden it from me. He has not told me. And then she asked her question. She said, didn't I, did, I, did I ask the Lord for her son? Didn't I say, do not deceive me? In other words, what I feared was wasted faith. What I feared was futility and frustration and failure. And that's what I've gotten. So Elijah said to Gehazi, tuck your mantle under your belt. Take my staff with you and go. If you meet anyone, don't stop to greet him. If a man greets you, don't answer him. Then place my staff on the boy's face. And the boy's mother said to Elisha, as the Lord lives and as you yourself live, I will not leave you. And so, she, so he got up and he followed her. I'm not going, I'm staying with you because with you is the closest I can get to God which teaches us this about faith. We must keep persisting. We must keep trying. We must keep enduring for the victory of faith. Faith always promises a victory. God always rewards faith. In God's economy, in God's way of doing things, there is no such thing as wasted faith. And so she is going to keep knocking, keep persisting until faith opens the door. This is not her saying, hey, you know, everything's perfect. This is not her saying, I'm not scared, I'm not grieving. This is her saying, I'm just looking to God to do something because of faith. Because why? God loves faith. He's moved by faith. He gives opportunities for us to give him his, our faith, and he always rewards faith when he finds it. So here's something we have to keep in mind. Disappointments are inevitable in this fallen and broken world, but discouragement is a choice. Discouragement is an attitude. Discouragement is a mindset. Disappointed? Yes, this did not work out like I had hoped or like I had thought or like I had envisioned, but being discouraged is different. Discouragement is, I don't see a way forward. Discouragement is, I, I, I'm about to give up. Discouragement is, I'm defeated. Discouragement is, I have become a victim. And in her case, she, was, she could have said, I'm a, I'm a victim of a sick plot of God. But she doesn't do that. She persists with the man of God. Now, here's what's ironic about this story. And I think this shows us an, an incredible picture of how we have to live as Christ followers in a broken world. She's content in her soul. Remember she says it, says it twice. It is well, it is well. But she's discontent with the world. See, a lot of us, right? We're discontent in our soul and we're discontent in the world. Some of us are discontent in our soul and we're oblivious to the pain and the hurt 
and the neediness and the brokenness of the world. What we see in this woman of incredible faith is she's content in her soul, but she's discontent in her world. And she exercises faith out of that. And I just want to stop for just a minute. And and I'm going to just say a prayer over us. And then some of our uh, worship folks are going to bless us and just sing a little bit of the song that was inspired by these verses. It is well, it is well with my soul. Because I think for many of us, we need to come to God in bold, persistent faith and let God give us his divine, supernatural contentment in our soul, even as we're discontent with aspects of our world. Let's all go together, one church, multiple locations, one church online, and go to the one who makes it well with our soul. Let's pray. God, I just want to pray right now for every single person tuning in, watching, attending, and just leaning into your word right now. God, we confess we're disappointed in many ways. God, we confess frustration, maybe even a sense of futility, or that life right now feels failed. But God, in this passage, you're encouraging us that there's no such thing as wasted faith, which is what we fear so much. In this passage, you're showing us, God, that it is possible to be content, well, and okay at the soul level, even if we're discontent with the pain and the difficulties and the adversity of the world. So God, supernaturally now by your spirit, I pray for every person listening in the name of Jesus we would truly experience the peace that passes all understanding, the peace that allows us to say, to pray, and to sing, it is well, it is well with my soul. This we pray to the shepherd and guardian of our souls, King Jesus, amen. It is 
well, it is well with my soul. It is well, it is well, God has won, Christ prevailed. It is well, it is well with my soul. So, as we come out of singing that song together and just uh, reading that, singing that as a prayer, the story continues because God is what? Always moved by faith. God is always looking for faith. God is always giving us opportunities to exercise our faith. And God will always reward faith. So Elisha goes to this woman's house and he discovered the boy lying dead on his bed. And so he went in and he closed the door behind the two of them and he prayed to the Lord. Then he went up and he lay on the boy and he put mouth to mouth, eye to eye, hand to hand. And while he bent down over him, the boy's flesh became warm. And Elisha got up and went into the house and paced back and forth. Then he went up and bent down over him again. And the boy sneezed seven times and opened his eyes. So Elisha called Gehazi and said, call the Shunammite woman. And he called her and she came. And then Elisha said, pick up your son. She came, she fell at his feet, bowed to the ground. She picked up her son and she left. So the beautiful redemptive part of this story, and I believe it can be part of your story and our collective story as a people of God, as, as a church, and it's our hope for the world. The beautiful part of this is this, what looks like a setup for defeat, a setup for despair and complete and utter discouragement at the futility and frustration and failures of faith. What looks like a setup is actually a setup for something deeper and better and greater. What looks like a failure, what looks like a futility, a, a, a an exercise in futility, what looks like a completely frustrating story that goes exactly against the grain and, and plays right into our fears of wasted faith is actually a divine opportunity to develop, to have a deeper, better, greater, stronger faith. Could that be our story? for this chapter in our lives, in our nation, in our communities, in our walk with God, that what has looked like and sometimes felt like such a setup for defeat, despair, discouragement, depression, failure, frustration, futility, is actually God's calling us, inviting us, and giving us the opportunity to grow our faith and experience Him and enjoy Him and know Him in ways none of us could have asked for or imagined, but in ways that are beautiful, hopeful, redemptive. That's where we are. And so I invite all of us, how is God calling you forward? How is God giving you an opportunity to exercise faith? Because there's no such thing as wasted faith. Now, the, the last part of this story takes us and reminds us of the very basis of our faith, which is the crucifixion of Jesus on the cross and the resurrection. You know, after Jesus was crucified to the disciples and to the world, Jesus looked like and everything he taught looked like wasted faith. 
look like just a, tip, a typical got our hopes up, got discouraged, experienced frustration, failure, and futility, and then moved on. But it was all a setup for what? For the resurrection, for the ultimate victory, for the promise, the power, the guarantee that when we have resurrection faith, there's no such thing as wasted faith. That when we have resurrection faith, there's no such thing as hopelessness and complete and utter discouragement or despair. The best is always yet to come because God is always going to reward our faith. Maybe today is the day for some of you to exercise faith and, give, and let your yes be tested in an area you've never let God touch or have before. Maybe today you give God that area. You let him in and you give him your faith over this situation, over this area, over this season. For some of you, maybe today is the day that for the first time you invite Jesus into your life to be your Savior and your King and your Lord. And as best you know how right now, you give him the steering wheel of your life. This picture of Elisha laying completely on top of this dead boy is a beautiful picture of what Jesus has done for you and I when he took our sins upon himself and he covered those sins with his very life, his very blood. Romans 4, 7 says this, blessed are those whose sins or transgressions are forgiven, whose sins are covered. So now when you put your faith and trust in Jesus and God looks down at you, he does not see what you did. He does not see the mistakes, the transgressions you and I have committed. He sees the righteousness of his son and his son's death on our behalf. And then he calls you and I, his sons and his daughters. If you hear that invitation to become a son or daughter of the father, if you hear that invitation to trust Jesus with your life and give him the steering wheel of your life, Say yes to him right now in your heart by faith and then believe the best is yet to come. Whatever your next step is in your faith journey with Jesus, we want to help. So I just encourage you, text the word NEXT to 888-744-0761. Whether that's to go forward and share with us, you've said yes to Christ and ready to talk about it or talk about baptism. You wanna learn more about this church or getting involved or getting connected to a small group or if we can pray for you in any way, you just text that word next to the number that's displayed on your screen. Thank you for joining us. I'm gonna pray over us. I'm gonna pray for you. Praying as you leave, you can say, it is well with my soul. There's no such thing as wasted faith, and I'm excited to follow God today, tomorrow, and forever. Let's pray. Thank you for everyone, God, being here. I pray you've touched them, God, by your presence, by the power and the truth of your word. God, I pray we walk out of here today different than we walked in, more encouraged, more hopeful, more ready, more confident that the best is yet to come as we follow you, God, with faith. Thank you, Jesus, for rewarding faith. Thank you, Jesus, for showing us in the resurrection there is always victory through faith in you. And it's in your name we pray. Amen.